0: Hey, I know! I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying
1: pan! Right. what's up everyone? Welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. We have another special episode for you all today. We're going to be talking about the birth of Mewtwo. We're also gonna be talking about whatever else comes to our minds. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. And we're rated E for explicit. Yeah, so listener discretion is advised. Thank you, Austin, for the reminder. Sometimes when I mix up the script, I cut some stuff and forget to put it back in. So, might be. But we're also here with our other co-host, Alex.
2: Hello, I am here for today's radio drama. I wasn't a part of the last one, so this is super exciting because I wasn't sure what to expect at all. And it was quite interesting.
1: But before we get to the drama, we got to talk about our weeks with a little segment we call Week Talk. And we spell it W-E-A-K because we never really have much to say. But that may change because Austin was just like thrilled to talk about his week before we began today.
2: Yeah, that's the wrong attitude. We're super hyped, right? Woo!
1: Woo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. energy. Woo! Yeah! yeah. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> You're at a, It's funny, because... Leave five stars. Your oh you are literally a sync, so every time you say, yeah, I'm not getting it until a few seconds later. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, like, b- trying to re- feed off you too, and I'm like, I don't know when to speak, but...
2: Just randomly, just throw it in there whenever.
1: Um, I've had a
0: couple hellacious weeks.
2: Hellacious? I like that word. Hellacious. hellacious.
0: Hellacious. Yeah, hellacious. But it doesn't really matter. My personal life doesn't matter so much as my Pokemon life. In which I have defeated Cynthia and Brilliant Diamond, like I said I was going to do.
2: And was it really hard? Was it as hard as everybody is saying that it is?
0: No, it was not as hard as everyone says it is. However, it did take me about like four tries. Oh. Because I kept on getting down to her Garchomp, her last one, and I would always get it down to like no health, hardly. And then she would beat me. Like one hit KO me.
2: What was your team?
0: Okay, well, I kind of cheated because I use mythicals. But the game gives you mythicals.
2: Shame, shame. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: Torterra. All right. Licky Licky. Ooh! Ooh. Pachirisu. Manaphy. Jirachi. Ooh. And what the fuck is the other one? Mew. Oh, Toxicroak. Oh, Toxicroak.
2: Licky Licky. Yep. I'm so excited because Baron Licky Licky is, like, the best.
1: Save it for 2029 20, okay.
2: when we get to that movie. All right. I will contain myself.
1: <laughs> Hold on to it. So Cynthia, the last, is that the final four?
2: She's the champion.
1: She's champion? Okay. Yep. So now I'm in the post game and I'm going to play it until I get bored, which will be
0: soon.
2: What is the post game?
1: Battle zone. Oh,
2: okay. I haven't gotten that far yet. So.
1: Is there anything else, Austin, or is that it for you today? Mm, nope. What is your play time? Did you keep counting that? I think I'm around 40.
0: 40 hours? though. so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, Alex oh is on God. over 150 hours. Okay. And she has two gym badges. Okay. Right.
2: I'm a clown, first of all. <laughs> and I run around aimlessly for hours. I don't even know what I'm doing. It's just like an idle thing or something.
0: I don't know what you're doing.
2: Oh, and also, I don't know if the game, the system counts. like Because oftentimes, I'll either accidentally leave it on like running or like fall asleep oh. with it on so i don't know if that counts with the whole playtime thing but yes okay so that's part of it but also i'm a clown
1: 150 hours is that what you've been doing this whole time alex with your week just
2: i don't know i mean i did pick it up um these past couple of days because austin was playing it and um legends arceus comes out this friday i think and Austin was like, "Oh, I want to finish it before Legends Arceus comes out." Which I would have liked to do that, but that's not going to happen. But that's it, honestly. I I don't know. I didn't do anything else interesting. Sorry, not this week.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's pretty 150 hours, though.
0: Gosh. Yeah, what percentage of that is you asleep?
2: Probably like half of that time.
1: Okay. That's like still, I just. That's still a lot, though, for two badges.
2: Okay. Yeah, I know. It's don't don't even ask me. It's absurd. I have a problem.
1: Are we just trying to catch them all? Or? No.
2: I Okay, so I have found a few shiny Pokemon.
0: I can't imagine why.
2: Because I spent, exactly, I spent all the time <laughs> running around. And I did go into Wayward Cave this morning before we started um, recording. And Mira, I guess that's her name. I was running around with Mira for a while. And I found a shiny Bronzor, so that was fun.
0: Jacob, how was your week? And how's your Pokemon Pearl progression, actually? yep you've i was watching you've been watching me I see austin I have
2: stalking you
0: do you always feel like
1: somebody's watching you i do I feel judged a little bit especially with you always judging me how I play my games <gasps> and keeping track mm-hmm. of them better than I do mm-hmm. I have a lot of free time on my hands. Yeah, I can tell. I'll be like, oh, I played such and such game. And Austin will be like, you've played 16 hours and 46 minutes of that game. I find <laughs> it so
0: interesting. I
1: just love seeing how much time
0: people spend on shit. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. I should be like in the NSA or some shit. <laughs> you should.
1: Because you get it down to the minute. You know, I'm always trying to throw you off. But um, I, too, have been playing the Pokemans this week. I have been progressing through Shining Pearl. I seem to be taking the more Austin approach where I'm kind of blasting through the game, and I'm just trying to beat the gym leaders and get to, I guess, Cynthia, now they know the final bosses. I've gotten two badges. I'm about five hours in. I'm using uh, Mythicals too. Good. I didn't realize that like they gave you Mew and Jirachi just for free. I didn't realize that that was even a part of it. Yeah, that's a big shocker moment. It's just those, that old couple standing there, and I was like, hey, you want a Mew? And I was like, what? Okay. I mean,
0: Miyamoto should have just gone to this old couple and been like, hey, y'all got an extra Mew to give out?
1: I got a, uh, my starter was Piplup. I started with Piplup.
2: Solid choice. You know, it's kind of interesting, you know, listening to this radio drama, and then we watched the movie last week, and, you know, everybody's going on and on about how rare Mew is. Oh, my God, it's the most powerful thing in the whole world, and here's this old lady with a Mew, and she's like, take care of it.
1: Yeah, that's what I got too. I was like, no uh, big deal. Okay. Yeah, no big deal. But what were your starters? I got Piplup for me.
2: I was Turtwig.
1: I was Turtwig. Okay, see, so I went with the grass. Okay, nobody chose Chimchar. So we didn't take the, the anime route. Okay.
2: Well, my logic was I when I originally played Diamond version, I picked Piplup then. So I was like, I want to do something different. And I don't, I don't know. It feels like Chimchar fits the rival character better anyway.
0: My logic
1: was turtles are cute.
2: And also, yes, turtles are cute.
1: I like turtles. <laughs> you may get that? Just yeah, we got, reference. The, we, okay. got, we got the old <laughs> YouTube meme. You reference, can YouTube you. it, yeah. The kid's got a face painted. She asked him like, how the fair is, and he just says he likes turtles. Good for him. But yeah, that's pretty much my week. Just uh, That's probably going to be it for a little bit on here. I'm discussing my walking through austin's gonna be ahead of us i guess because he's gonna get legends this friday i don't know if i'm gonna be playing it
0: though with my business trip
1: situation going on oh yeah he's going mm. to dubai am i, I no know. one told me that <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to hype you up a little bit there all right um quick question
0: jacob have you ever played diamond and pearl back in the day because i know you had a lengthy hiatus from
1: these video games i actually own them but i i own all three i have The original DS, Diamond, the original DS, Pearl, and then Platinum. I have all of them. Mm -hmm. I never completed them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I own them all three. They're actually not too far from me right now. The reason I got all three is this is one of those stories where I walked in another pawn shop and they had them all. I think I got them all Mm -hmm. for like 60 bucks, all three of them. Mm -hmm.
2: Wow, pretty good.
1: When did they come out? What year was it? 2007. 2007. So this was like 2013, 2012 I got them. It was too big of a deal to pass up. Did you guys though play them for DS or did you, which version did DS did you get? Diamond version.
2: I had Diamond.
1: Diamond. Both of y'all Diamond.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: And I never finished it either.
0: Oh, of course not.
2: I don't think I've. Okay.
0: How many hours did you put into it? 700? Not
2: as no. Not DS as broke. Much. God, I'm trying to think like what Pokemon games have I actually. Finished. And when I say finished, I just mean like got to the Elite Four and beat the champion type thing. I did that for X and Y. I did that for Black and White. I mean, I've beaten a few of the games in that way.
0: My problem is sequels and remakes and stuff. I have not finished Heart Gold, Bla- White Two, No Wait, Yeah, White Two, Alpha Sapphire,
1: and Ultra Moon. Those are the four I've not finished.
2: Looks like you have some things to do.
1: I never played the white and black 2. I've beaten, I've beaten every single one I've gotten except for the Diamond and Pearl series, Ultra, or Alpha Sapphire. I never beat that. And I never even touched black and white 2. I may need to go back and play those, though. Those look pretty fun. I'm on the Pokemon kick. Once you start one, it's like, oh, let me go back. And, you know, that's... They get you that way. It's like they just got the per- they've got the perfect business model. It's like I start playing Shining Pearl and I'm like, oh nostalgia! This is so much fun. Let me-. And then you go back and you trailblaze through the other ones. I think you kind of get into a meditative state, or at least I do, where I'm just like, okay,
0: wandering tall grass, trainer battle. Like I'm just like, get into it. And I'm
1: either like really into it or really not into it. They must hire some serious psychologists at the Pokemon company because it does, it like puts you in a trance. I remember when I had like a vacant day with nothing to do, like my schedule was completely empty and I had Pokemon Gold from for the 3DS. I think I played through it almost all in one day. It was like in a trance state and then I got like, it was nighttime when I looked up. <laughs> it was, you know, it was one of those. So it, was, it does put you in sort of like a trance or whatever state. It's weird.
2: Maybe one of these days we'll finish these games. <laughs> today is not that day
1: speak for yourself
2: <laughs> yeah i know i guess i am speaking for myself one of these days i will finish but not for a while
1: maybe the next remake of pearl and Diana. no you can get oh around <laughs> like shining uh what would it be called shining tantalizing pearl that's what you're gonna get
2: tantalizing
1: maybe like let's go
0: munchlax Let's go, <laughs> let's go i don't know
2: i'd be okay with not having another let's go game Really?
1: Oh, I want to oh, Let's Go sorry. game. I love Let's, Let's Go. go. Yeah, Team Let's Go. <laughs> Team Let's Go here. That's what I'm talking about. That game was so much fun. It was oh, like what? totally different. It had the co-op, too, so you could sit there and you can play. That was a big thing to me. If they brought that back from any remake, that would be a day one buy for me. I love the co-op because like the other trainer just like descends
0: from the sky and it's like let's go now. I was like what the fuck is going on? This is so amazing. <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. Okay,
2: but you're 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 forgetting one vital um, part of that and that's you actually have to have friends. So, you know. Who are we? I don't know. Nobody ever wants to. look, neither one of you have ever come to me and said, Hey, let's play let's go together. So That's
0: screw untrue. y'all. True. <laughs> untrue.
2: <laughs> oh, when? When have you said that?
0: When I got the game <laughs> when it came out several oh, years ago. I
2: call okay, first of all, I call bull crap because No the other day. <laughs>
0: The,
1: the other started. day. No, this is a true no okay. Oh my god! Okay. No, wait, 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 wait! Calm down. We gotta mediate. Okay, Alex, speak your points. Okay. You have Thirty seconds. Okay. Okay. Get your point across. Austin. The other day. Patiently. Wait. Wait patiently. Okay. Go ahead. The
2: other day, I said I I brought my switch over to Austin's house to trade him some stuff, and I gave him a shiny Pokemon I found. So it was very nice of me. I know you're welcome. Anyway, I was like, Austin, why don't we battle? And he was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so.
1: Okay, your 30 seconds is up. Austin, state your case. Bullshit. It is not that's a lie. That's a lie. Oh, Alex, Alex, that's wait. A lie. I- wait. <laughs> Austin, get your point. I had seven
0: gym badges, you had one, and you're and I said, okay, let's battle, and you said,
1: No, I don't want to battle. I don't remember. Let him
0: speak. Oh, look who's like, oh Miss Oh, that's unfair now. Bullshit. You're fucking lying on the fucking internet.
2: What do you mean people just go onto the internet and tell lies?
0: Okay, Buster the Bunny.
2: (laughs) Okay, how about this? I have a proposal. When I get to the same part as you and get to Cynthia and whatever, can we battle?
1: Yes, because that'll never happen.
0: So you're... Oh,
2: that's...
1: Hold on. I feel so bad. I'm going to collect something real quick. And if you want to see that battle, you can join our Patreon. Oh, my God. Oh,
2: my God. (laughs) That might actually be a good idea. We'll think about that.
1: Just battle it and put it on on the the tubes.
2: On the tubes. Okay. Austin, I love you, and I'm going to hold you to that promise.
0: Okay, great. We got it in audio writing
2: sealed in blood okay
1: could you play over the internet with co-op
0: last night i said alex let's play (laughs) co-op on the internet and she said no wait a
2: minute i don't remember this did i black out what was the context
0: i think you black out your entire life
2: yeah that's probably true yeah my mind is a really weird fucking place okay okay
0: and then we come for austin with
1: knives out (laughs) oh What uh, What game was it?
2: Pokemon yeah, see- Diamond and Pearl. I don't remember this conversation at all, but whatever.
1: Maybe it was two nights ago. I don't remember. Can you co-op that? I'm sorry. I'm asking questions along the way. Can you co-op that?
0: Well, I meant like battle trade.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were still on Let's Go. I got some okay. trade
0: evolutions to do. Jacob,
2: you're also yes. obviously free to challenge us when you get to the same part of the game. So invites is open.
0: I know, but I don't want to
1: make y'all feel, feel bad. I think you two are in the same part of the game right now.
2: We can we battle. Are.
1: What? A, I'm on Hawthorne City.
2: Harthome. Ha, Hawthorne.
1: Is it Hawthorne? It's not Hawthorne. You're okay. thinking
2: Blackthorne in um, Johto. Harthome in whatever game we're playing. What are we talking about? Shining Pearl, whatever.
1: I think he's thinking of Nathaniel Hawthorne. No, whoever plays me is going to kick my ass because I can't even read. I'm not even going to know what the moves are.
2: Okay, well, if you're at the same level, we can battle. Let's just we'll, be, we'll become friends and battle.
1: I've got a level 100 Mew, a level 100 Jirachi. Speaking of Mew!
2: That was exciting, that was intense. Okay, yeah, speaking of Mew.
1: Welcome to Debate Club. And Austin has the rundown for us on this radio drama, because he knows a lot more about it than we do. Or at least I do. Oh. Oh, like the background info.
0: Yeah, the background info. Yeah. Well, the info I have is all easily accessible with some light searching, because that's what I did.
2: But we're lazy and we rely on you to tell us stuff.
0: Oh, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> why stand
1: up when you can lean on someone?
2: Exactly.
0: According to TV Tropes, this actually aired on Japanese radio. I found no other source for that. But sure, I'll believe it. I believe everything I read on the internet. I believe this is written by Shudo. Don't quote me on that. But it sure as fuck seems like it was written by Shudo. It is. It was. Yeah. He wrote the movie. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense. This was released on CD at some point after the movie came out. And at one point, they took the movie... And they extended it. They reanimated various sequences and backgrounds and such. And they also added in this little adaptation of the CD drama to the beginning of the movie. Like in a truncated, slightly changed form. However, when this was dubbed into English for an international release, that was cut out. However, however, apparently they did dub it after all because it aired as a DVD extra on the Mewtwo Returns DVD. I believe maybe this is because they dubbed it for the Japanese release of the DVD, which included the English version, but I don't know if that's true or not.
1: I don't know the legitimacy of that. All right, Austin, thank you for that background info, and I did find a little bit interesting fact, too. The radio drama, maybe you already said this, Austin, it was to hype up the movie, because the radio, it's five parts, this radio drama, and... Each part was released a Sunday leading up to the release of the movie.
0: Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Look at Jacob, finding info. Good job.
1: And it came with a book, too. This one also came with a book. Yeah. I've
0: not acquired a physical version of this,
1: unfortunately. That's the only reason why I mentioned it. I was expecting you to just pop it up like you did with the Jesse and James. I tried. I tried to. It didn't work. (laughs) Did you find it at all, or... It's, like, $80 on Amazon currently. Ooh. Holy cow. Yeah, so If no. you don't mind me asking, how much was the Jesse and James one? I got it for 30 That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad.
2: Okay, I have to ask, does anybody else, like, I don't, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, they don't really do stuff like this leading up to, like, movies? Like, does anybody else miss this kind of, like, marketing? Like, maybe it's just that, maybe I'm looking at this through, like, a nostalgic lens or something, but... I don't know, they don't really do stuff like this anymore.
1: They don't, and it it is very nostalgic. When I hear about stuff like this, do you guys remember Foster's Homes for Imaginary Friends? Yeah!
2: I recall it. I didn't didn't really watch it, but yes, I remember it.
0: That was a good
1: cartoon. It was a really good cartoon, and they did something similar with a lead-up where they would kind of introduce a character before it came out. Like, they would show the home being built, and then a character would walk by, and then the commentator would be like, that guy is really tall. I wonder if he plays basketball or something like that. And they would tease the characters and then finally when it came together that's what it was. All those characters came together. Hmm. Sort of thing. Cute. And I don't I don't remember that happening anymore for like modern shows or whatever.
2: Yeah. I don't know. The Pokemon like the movies aspect of it is kind of taking a little bit of a different turn. Plus, you know, these past couple years have been unconventional. So
1: yeah, they're just straight to Netflix movies now, basically, or home release. Well, we could get into that. We could get into the whole
0: what happened to Japan versus what happened in the U.S., but I don't want to. Yeah, we don't <laughs> have to. They just get more.
1: <laughs> Japan gets all the cool stuff.
2: Well, just the the whole idea of like the movie coming here and like c- going to theaters and like the whole spectacle and production of like, oh my God, it's a Pokemon movie in theaters, like. When was the last time that happened here?
0: Austin. Pokemon 3.
2: Was that the Entei movie? Yeah. My God. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know. It's just like from a bygone era. It's just completely different flavor now. And I don't know. So this, like listening to this, watching the movie and stuff like that, it kind of just gave me a whole new, like, renewed nostalgia for the Pokemon franchise.
0: Do we count Detective Pikachu?
2: Um, mm, I...
0: I think from so. From a movie
2: standpoint, yes, I guess. But from, I don't know, it still kind of seems like spinoffy a little bit to
1: me. Do we count limited releases through Fathom events?
2: Mm, no. I
1: would, de- I would count Detective Pikachu, though, because that was hyped up a lot, too.
2: Didn't you just say the other day, Austin, like you compl- like everybody seemed to completely forget about <laughs> Detective Pikachu?
0: It left no impression whatsoever on anyone, seemingly.
2: I think I it like just it. came out at the wrong time. I mean, yeah, it's a good movie.
0: It didn't have a cultural impact, like Avatar.
2: Avatar Blue People or Avatar Airbender?
0: Yeah, the big meme about Avatar Blue People and how it was, like, such a huge success and no one could remember a single detail about it.
2: Speak for yourself. <laughs> Except for Alex.
1: <laughs> that movie, remember that movie? Oh, God, here we go. We're getting on Avatar. That movie no, came no. out, and remember, they promised, like, a movie every other year or something like that? here we are yeah here we are we Uh, haven't gotten it yet so that's what ruined that
2: we're not going to talk about james cameron and his wacky ambitions but apparently it's this year right i'm pretty sure they said december of this year so we'll fucking see
1: i'll i'll
0: believe it when i see it
2: yeah Yeah. we're gonna be dead first anyway
1: (laughs) anyway what's not dead is pokemon never so I guess we'll divide this up. So the radio drama, like I said, is five parts, and then we'll kind of divide it up among ourselves to summarize each part. And then the person who it lands on for the sixth part can just take the 10-minute or whatever it is, 8 to 10-minute little epilogue video. All right. I Like Austin always says, I say the randomizer has spoken, and Alex, you're going <laughs> first, followed by myself. Then Austin, you're going to come up in third, that can kind of clean up for us.
2: Okay, so am I, reca- wait, am I doing a 30 seconds for episode one, then? Is that what's happening here?
1: We're not, gonna we're skipping the, th- I forgot to mention it. we're skipping the 30 second, we're just going to kind of summarize the radio drama, uh, and then okay. we're going to go into the epilogue, the 10 minute thing, and we're going to talk some compare and contrast between the drama and the little film.
2: Okay, alright. Episode one, then, is The Phantom Mew. It starts out with, I mean, it's a radio drama, so it's all audio, so... I did listen to this. I rewound it a couple of times, but it's like a tape within a tape. Like they're playing audio.
1: That's clips. a very good point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird like that. Um, so I don't know. Trying to listen along and then read the translation because obviously I don't understand Japanese. It was a little challenging in a way, but it's got like radio clips within the radio drama, and the very first part is. I guess they're talking about recounting the discovery of new Pokemon throughout history, like humans coming across different Pokemon, which it was kind of a little bit dark because there was a couple different audio clips and it was like military personnel. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I understood it. Military personnel discovering Dragonair. Um, There was another one where they come across uh, rampaging Gyarados and presumably the Gyarados attacks and kills them.
0: That was really cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is like um like a discovery thing where it's like we discovered something evil here, and it it's yeah. sort of like alien almost. Yeah.
0: Did y'all see the little clip that they used to advertise Legends Arceus with the explorer in the Histui region who yes. gets footage of Zorua and Zoroark, and they presumably yes. like
1: either harm or kill him.
2: Yeah, it attacks him. Yeah, wow. I did get those vibes. Yeah, it was really interesting. So, Thank you for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, we're bringing that back. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, Pokémon. And I mean, I guess with Legends Arceus, not to go too far off on a tangent, but I don't I haven't really watched a whole lot of, you know, the pre-release like media, gameplay footage kind of stuff, but don't they have like, I don't know what they're called, but like those attacking Pokémon, like rampaging or whatever they call it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Something yeah. like
2: that. So, I don't know, kind of interesting that it's like a oh, Pokémon are actually dangerous, like, as you would expect from giant monster creatures, but... It,
1: it, it should be this way. They should not be at our, you know, listening to us at all, really. We live in a more civilized
0: age, but it wasn't always like that. No. Apparently.
2: Well, that's Mewtwo's whole argument, we'll, we'll get into that later. And what was the other one? Oh, so there was also Kabutops, which they referred to as the oldest Pokemon in the whole entire world that they've discovered. And the little, like, Pokemon cries that they do throughout the thing was kind of funny but sakaki giovanni is like narrating this next part and he has a tape from 20 years ago when his mother madam boss was the boss of team rocket and it's madam boss and her assistant miyamoto who plays a yet another recording for her
1: (laughs) yeah mixtapes going on here
2: yes (laughs) And it was like, and I I don't know, I'm tr- I hope I understood this right. It was a recording from, like, the South American jungle where they had, like, high-quality microphones and they were recording various Pokemon noises from the jungle. And they start talking about a folk tale that, like, the jungle residents passed down throughout the ages, I guess, about a phantom Pokemon. There's some banter back and forth about can they sell the, so- the CDs and the songs for, like, profit? Because that's what Team Rocket's mm-hmm. all about, is catching Pokemon and grifting wherever they can to make money.
0: There was a lot of money talk. It was very Mr. Krabs through this whole thing. Yes. Madam Boss is concerned about, like, saving money on buying and recording equipment.
2: Yeah. Like, literally anywhere they can make a buck, they will. But she tells Madam Boss, you know, listen closely. If I if I get rid of this audio layer of the Pokemon sounds, if I get rid of this audio layer of the folktale song or whatever that they're singing, what do you hear? And so she hears this tiny little cry of a Pokemon that's never been heard before. And of course, they're like really interested in this because they're like, what is that? If we can find that Pokemon and sell it, catch it and sell it, we'll be rich.
1: They just assume they'll be rich off this.
2: Well, supposedly...
1: I was confused as to what exactly the plan
0: was with this. Like, buy it (laughs) to a collector. Or sell it to a collector.
1: What makes it... Just because it's faint, they think it's more? It could be just further away. I don't know. Anyway. Well,
2: didn't they say something like the computer didn't recognize it as any sort of Pokemon cry they've ever heard? Something like that. Regardless. Um, So, basically... Miyamoto goes on this errand. She sends her off to South America on an expedition to find Mew, and that they ultimately did not return from this expedition, and she's up on, like, the highest peak of the Andes Mountains in South America, waiting around for Mew, and we get a little bit of sort of expositional talking about her life and her child which apparently we find out Miyamoto is Musashi's mother and that's Jesse Jesse she basically gave her up to foster care because she was too expensive to take care of as far as like her you know children are too too expensive to take care of okay <laughs> Well, they were kind of going back and forth, like Madam Boss and Miyamoto. And Madam Boss was like, "Yeah, my little brat at home, which would be Giovanni, is like a handful."
0: Do we also note Giovanni's had like a weird Electra complex thing going on here?
2: Oh yeah, he was like my my beautiful mother. She was the best mother, or whatever.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, but basically, that very end of the episode one is uh, Miyamoto finds Mew. It comes across her, and she's like, "Can I catch you?" And she tries to catch it but it doesn't work and she ultimately gets caught in an avalanche which presumably kills her
0: that's
1: the question yeah that's the that's that's the question that's the zinger it ends on is like is she dead
2: presumably from what we see at the moment she's presumed dead so
1: but that is okay so we talk about that being jesse's mom did that carry over is that continuity we'll never hear of this ever again
0: Okay, because I was
1: thinking, it made me think about when Jesse was talking about when she was a kid, they used to eat snow or something like that. And I can't remember if she said her mom fed it to her, but I couldn't, but is she talking about her foster mom? Foster that families,
2: she... presumably. Okay. So, I mean, I guess that kind of does carry over in a sense. Or, Austin, was that the four kids dub saying that?
0: I believe it was the four kids dub that said it was her mother. But I think this is intended to be canon. Okay. I don't know. This could have been, like, an interesting episode. Like, James got an episode on his family. Why didn't Jesse get one? Yeah. This is way cooler, I think. This was too good of an idea
1: to kind of go to waste like this, I think. Yeah, to gloss over it and put it on, like, a little, like, five minutes mention of it and then just never touch on it.
2: Yeah, why not have, like, even just a one-off comment from Jesse at some point? You know, especially around this time where they're... You know, I know they don't, I guess I know they don't reference stuff like that from the movie in the actual episodes, but I mean, couldn't she have made a one-off comment like her mom was on an expedition that got lost in the mountains or something, something like that?
0: I guess she wouldn't know. Yeah, maybe. No, I
2: guess not. They
0: probably covered it up. Team Rocket just covered it up. Now for the mystery of where Misty's parents
1: are. That's the next <laughs> Yeah, drama. that's what we need next. We need that radio drama. Maybe they're there preserving. Like, maybe like Miyamoto's there and then Misty's parents are there preserving the jungle. Maybe they were the other
2: two. They said they were three people on the expedition. Maybe they were the other two.
1: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I like this.
2: Dun dun dun.
1: And it turns out they're half sisters.
2: Oh my god. Could you imagine?
1: That's some drama for you. Let's do that.
2: That would bring the whole like misty Jesse little rivalry that we've seen a couple times. That would kind of make sense. Wouldn't it?
1: Or maybe they're a clone. Ooh. Ooh. Speaking okay. of clones... all right, all right, we're bringing it <laughs> in. Okay, yeah, speaking of clones... I got this isn't you. a fan don't fiction worry. episode yet, don't worry.
2: Oh my god, okay, well that can be our idea, quick, somebody write it down. We'll just
1: mad lib it, we jatted a section. Anyway, the second part of this radio drama is called The Birth of Mewtwo. Okay, so like Alex was saying, there was an, uh, like, Jesse's mom went to go search for Mew, and we fast forward now, we're about like two decades into the future, since mm-hmm. that has since that has happened. I think they, what did they say, 18, 19 years?
2: 18 years.
1: Ooh, so Jesse's at least 20. 20-something. That's what I was getting they from this They do dude.
2: say her age at the very end.
1: And this time we have found a fossilized mew eyelash at an excavation site.
2: Okay, can I just interrupt Yeah, really quick Yeah, and go, say, go ahead. Thank God we finally know what the damn fossil was. How can an eyelash be fossilized? I don't... Whatever. You know what? When In the in the anime w- or in the movie when we watched it, it's like that little, like, you know, brushy looking thing. And I thought it was, like, part of a tailbone or something. Like, mm. I don't know, like spine. It kind of looked like spiny, right? But apparently that's an eyelash. So,
1: whatever. I was thinking we were going for an Adam and Eve thing and it was like a rib.
2: I mean, that would have made more sense than an eyelash.
1: But anyway, so this excavation site this is at the same spot that the previous research team was at and then this is where we get introduced to probably the best character of the series because Giovanni takes his eyelash and he brings it to Dr. Fuji who is the basically the whole reason we have plot here and Dr. Fuji is a scientist who just studies Pokemon DNA and of course we talked about this in the previous movie it's on New Island (laughs) which is (laughs) I don't get why it's called New Island but whatever Old Island was taken (laughs) <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I think Giovanni just bought it and is like, Ugh, we'll just start fresh. It's New Island. Anyway, Dr. Fuji here on New Island says that he can create a copy of Mew. What? Right. Yeah. You want to add something?
2: No, I was just going to say he co- he goes to Fuji and asks him if he can recreate a Pokemon from the Mew fossil to be like the most powerful Pokemon
1: We've gone from, like, the money aspect of it to, like, this is Giovanni addressing that he just wants power. All he wants from this is, like, control, not necessarily the money aspect, which I guess is the contrast between Madame Boss and Giovanni.
0: He wants to take over the world, which is a scenario I want to see play out. How did that work?
2: <laughs> That's just your, like, villain cliche, like, I want to take over the world, like... No regard to like the logistics of how that would actually work, but yeah. What whatever. does what does that
0: mean? What does take over the world mean?
2: That's just like mustache twirling like villain bullshit. Okay, Giovanni, good luck with that.
1: Yeah, Giovanni, take, <laughs> He's already kind of taken over the world, though. Yeah, I mean, if that's you look true. at like the anime. He's like got control of every aspect of society. I mean, he loses bits and pieces here and there, but he's already got like you know a lot of influence at least.
2: He's got a theme park for God's sake! I feel like that's the pinnacle of like what you can aspire to. Yeah, <laughs> when you that's have your own meant. evil theme park, you've reached the top.
0: There's that's nowhere else meant. to go. So Walt Disney, Dolly Parton, <laughs> and
2: like,
0: like Jim Baker, like that. Is, okay,
2: yes. I don't know about you know Dolly Parton. She's she's a good seed, but I don't know. Walt Disney's a frozen head somewhere, so you know.
1: Does not Nintendo have a theme park too? At Universal. At Univer- oh, it's a part of Universal? It's not its own entity? It's in Universal. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, speaking of, like, theme parks, um, <laughs> Dr. Sure. Fuji has intention here because he has a little daughter who I guess used to like to go to theme parks. Oh, and he, oh, yeah, he misses her. And we kind of find out through this drama part that he's been studying, basically, DNA just to kind of recreate his daughter. He unveils here that... Uh, The whole reason he's studying DNA is just to make a clone of his daughter because he misses his daughter.
2: She was killed in a car accident. Yeah, she was
1: killed in a car accident. Which we hear. Yes, Yes. we do hear. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, we do get some audio cues along the way, so.
1: And the mom lives. Yes. Isn't there his mom, the mom chimes in too a little bit?
2: At some point, I can't remember exactly what episode.
0: We get more of the mom in the animated version of this.
1: She's barely mentioned in this. Maybe that's where I got it from, because I remember seeing the mom, but I I can't remember if it was, like, here. She has a little bit of dialogue in the radio thing, but you fully see her in the movie clip or whatever. And, yeah, that's basically what this part kind of goes into, is it hints at that Dr. Fuji has a secret motive to where he's agreeing to help Giovanni, but it's just to bring his daughter back to life, which is nothing new, a new plot, but it's kind of cool that Pokemon took that this direction. I was very shocked... You know, watching the clip I did last week, seeing Pokemon veer into this a little bit, this sci-fi aspect or genre, because I think it reminds me of Austin's favorite anime. What
0: anime is that? What is that? Oh, Ava. Ava. Yeah. Yeah, I did get kind of some
2: Ava vibes with, like, the consciousness aspect of it, which this is... We kind of get some background on the clones, like, he wants to bring... Amber, well, she's called I in this, but Amber in the English version. The clo- human clones apparently can only live four years in a test tube, but Pokemon can apparently live a lot longer because they have a stronger life force.
1: Yeah, that was. that. But it makes sense because the life force things don't, but it ties into the movie. So good for. <laughs> they can bring humans back to life. We should note that I slash Amber
0: is a floating girl in a test tube like she has a physical body and is able to speak to dr fuji and
1: such oh she's physical okay yeah I go-
2: okay i have a question okay so in this version she is like a human body in a test tube but in the the animated short she's like this metaphysical ball of light and energy <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah
1: it yeah it's like a it yeah weird it, it was too much.
0: for It had to have been too much for the anime. They were like, oh. "This is where we draw the line." Oh, I, get it I now. guess so.
2: I okay. Now I understand. I'm like, because I'm like, okay, they're they're really having some like real leaps of logic and and pushing the limits of like this whole argument of like consciousness and everything. But I, I guess having a child clone in a test tube is is too much.
0: That would have been awesome though. Can you imagine that aired in American theaters, and there's, like, a naked oh, little girl in a test tube who dies? <laughs> and she's
1: like, talks through her mind or whatever, and she's communicating to all these people? That okay, would be awesome. Okay, fair,
2: fair enough. Yeah, okay.
1: But I guess that's her life force in the anime. It's, like, what... It is. It's just life force <laughs> in a bottle. Get it at the dollar store.
2: I don't know if that's better. I mean, we we have some real questions of, like, ethics going on in this, like...
1: This is unethical. That's (laughs) That's why I was I was surprised that Pokemon even like touched on this because this is like you know this is pretty dark, especially it is with what happens like in the future.
2: Yeah, this whole thing. I mean, the radio drama is definitely darker than what we see in the movie. But I mean, a lot of this really is like a one for one kind of thing. I mean, it's a lot the same as what we've already seen. We'll continue to get into that, and I guess we can give our thoughts on, like, what do we think about Dr. Fuji and his motives here, like...
0: I mean, uh, he's a tragic figure, for sure. Yeah.
2: He really is. I mean, they kind of do talk about this later, but, like, God, like, God comes up, you know, God and, humans overstepping, like, boundaries of science, and, like, you get into this whole argument of, like, how far is too far, and what have we created kind of thing. I don't know, it's pretty interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, and like as a clone, a clone is not the original.
2: But what does that mean? Like, yeah. you know, a clone being its own thing. Like, what is a clone? Because I think we were discussing this prior, but she says at some point, like, I, I'm Amber 2 or 3 or 4. I don't even know. Maybe I'm the real Amber. Like, all these questions of, like, what is does being a clone even mean? Like, the original versus the clone. Anyway.
1: I guess it was successful, though, because in the games, all the characters look the same. So. Hey. Dr. Fuji should have gone to the Nurse Joy Corporation and figured That's this right. shit out yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh
2: the yeah, Officer Jenny Nurse Joy who was the other one, the guy
0: Don George
2: oh yeah, Don George <laughs>
0: Don George
2: oh shit, okay we're not there
0: yet <laughs> save it for
2: 2039
0: okay uh, check out what you done with part 2 yeah,
1: that basically includes my part if
0: you want to take the next part there, Austin all right, I'll pick up part three, which is the most interesting part. Oh, yes. gosh. I will note there's this weird moment where Amber sees Mewtwo, like a little Mewtwo in the tube. Aww. And she's like, oh, I wouldn't mind being alive if I could have a child like that. I'm like, what the
1: fuck was that <laughs> statement? Whoa, let's unpack that.
2: Yeah, what what is exactly does she mean by that?
1: She wants to have a kid that looks like Mewtwo with ball hands. Who doesn't want that? Extra grip. I don't, don't, that was, oh, that was
0: weird. That was next level odd.
2: I'm trying to go and see if I can find the exact thing.
1: Yeah, she wants to have a child in the metaverse that looks like Mewtwo. And like, she's a little girl. She's a dead little
0: girl. like Little girl too, yeah. Yeah, the implication is she wouldn't mind growing to be an adult woman if she could be a mother to I guess a cute baby
1: maybe they say that because she takes care of the other clones inside that made-up world and also the implication
0: of I wouldn't mind living like what the- whoa that's a loaded statement that is very bizarre moving on part three what was part three called Alex
2: it was Mewtwo and I
0: all right Mewtwo and Amber yes Giovanni is being shown the Mewtwo project, and he asks, why does it not look like a Mew? Which is a great fucking question.
2: Because, the speculation being, I think they, if all they had was a an eyelash, they had to have some, like, supplemental DNA in there, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't get the f- frozen mosquitoes from the tree sap. <laughs> Fuji said they did the best they could.
0: And if you want to get technical in Jurassic Park, the dinosaurs also don't look like dinosaurs... Because of that exact same reason?
2: What exactly do you mean?
0: Because they don't have the feathers and such. Oh. I mean, Jurassic Park is not anywhere near remotely real science, of course. No. But that's the reasoning for why the dinosaurs don't look like what dinosaurs probably would have actually been like. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm applying that to Mew and Mewtwo here. It turns out Mewtwo and Amber have the ability to psychically communicate on the, like... Astral Plane Matrix? (laughs) That's a great way of putting it. Sure. And Mewtwo is, as a little baby Mewtwo, already having an existential crisis. Who am I? Where am I? Why am I? Who created me? Amber says she doesn't know. She just knows that he's able to speak, and maybe that means he's a human, but maybe that means she's a Pokemon, but that they all had the same history, and by that, she means there are other Pokémon clones floating around in the astral plane, such as Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charmander, who are all able to say two in their names. So that's interesting. There's also a Pikachu there and maybe a Meowth, I wasn't sure.
2: Yeah, I think there's a Meowth.
1: So there's more than th- more than 3
0: in the radio drama they're okay. is. Amber is pretty she's pretty laissez-faire. She doesn't really Care about her life circumstances. She's pretty accepting of all of it because she has like a weird energy of not quite being human going on. She's more like some sort of like vague spiritual guide more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we said, she doesn't know. Is she Amber two? Is she Amber three, four? Who knows? Who cares? She doesn't know.
1: I think with that part with her like addressing, she doesn't know which one she is. I think that is like talking about how Mew Mew two doesn't know technically what he is. But it's like Amber's kind of personality allows her to kind of like not harp on it too much, and she kind of just goes with the flow. And it like really bothers Mewtwo for some reason. Maybe because he's smarter.
2: This is kind of got this has some Ava vibes because it's kind of like the whole Ray situation with like Ray being a clone, and what does that mean exactly? Like, how do you differentiate one from like the original? Like, where does the line? start to blur as far as, like, which one you are, but...
0: Ooh, and Ray also has iterative numbers of Ray's as they success Mm the later ones. Ooh, interesting. I love all these Ava parallels. Neon Genesis, (laughs) Mewtwo, Gellion. Oh my gosh.
1: Fan fiction.
0: We have this strange counting sequence of them counting to ten in English, and also they count in Japanese some, to, I guess, show their, you know, innocence and child playfulness, because they are weird, psychic, clone children. Mm -hmm. Then suddenly, with very little transition, they did not explain this through the audio drama very much, but we're able to see sights and sounds of the world. Amber explains the sun is part of the day sky, and she explains what the night sky is. They're able to view a man eating cake, and we get some philosophy on the cake and what it means. We also get some exposition that... Amber, because she is a clone in a test tube, has never had anything to eat, nor has she ever had anything to drink, and she used to cry because she would want breast milk, which I'm like, this is wild, y'all. This is not, this is not the Pokemon we know. I would have loved to
1: have seen that in the movie. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) I mean, we do get this in the little, the little um, 10 minute short, you know, she does talk about the sun and the moon and stuff like that, but. Not the cake and milk part.
1: (laughs) That's their, like, unsubtle way of just kind of tell that how bad she wants to be alive and a human, in a way.
2: I mean, are we to, like, assume that she's retaining memories from her original self? Because her original self would have had milk, obviously.
0: She has awareness of the real world. And in the animated version, she says, this is my remembered place. So she has living memories. Is this the
1: actual... Amber, or is this the like, Ooh. imperfect? Is there other DNA sliced into her? Or spliced? Whatever you would term, whatever it fits?
0: All we know is she's Amber, but not the original Amber. Okay. I don't know, I couldn't tell ya. We get some very interesting dialogue of Mewtwo, still on his existential kick, asking, why are we born? Amber says, because we have a mother and a father, which gender normative, but whatever. <laughs> Mewtwo asks, do you and I have a mother and father? And she says, um, God, which is an interesting comment to make. So she referring to Fuji? Yeah. She's referring to God, I guess. So that's interesting that she wouldn't consider Dr. Fuji to be her father in that sense.
2: Well, it's not, you're not, I guess the whole creation, like you're not the not the normal, you know, way of like, you know, you have... A mother, or at least that, you know, sperm, egg kind of thing biologically. Mm. It's, you've got science, God, overstepping, creating something not biologically normal. I don't know.
0: Like
1: man has become God kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. They're playing God. What did she see? She also could have seen something in the metaverse she's in too. What'd she see? Like on that hyperdimensional plane. Maybe she saw like a God figure or something like that. Maybe there's someone else there. Who could know? Maybe it was the clone of God. God, too. Suddenly,
0: Amber starts to die.
1: Oh, and no. The... Oh, God.
0: Yeah. I actually didn't take very many notes on this, but in the this radio drama version, only she dies. She's the only one to pass away, because I guess her four years of clone life have reached their limit, and she starts to fade away. U2 starts to cry tears, seemingly in the physical realm, as well as the Matrix realm. And Amber says something very interesting in this translation, which is, Papa says, all living things don't shed tears unless their bodies hurt. And the only ones who can shed tears because they're sad are humans.
2: What? Like, Pokemon don't have emotions?
0: Like, living animals, creatures, don't cry from sadness. Only humans are able to do that. Oh. Oh, So that's very different from what we're going to get in the English anime version of this. Mm-hmm. But Mewtwo's crying, crying, crying because Amber two, three, four, five, six has ceased to be. But Dr. Fuji doesn't give a shit. He could just make another one.
2: Yeah, he's lost it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, Gosh, I wish I wish sorry I didn't I just wish we knew what Amber this was. Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, I'd just be interested to see like his like fall. Like how long has Fuji been uh putting in the work.
0: That's a good point. How long has he been doing this? hmm Because, I mean, Dr. Fuji doesn't look like a spring chicken. It looks like he's been at this for, like, no. decades.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of time.
0: Meanwhile, Miyamoto is in the mountains. Is she dead? Is she alive? We don't know.
1: All right. Back up to Alex for part number
2: four. Four? Is that right? Four? Amber okay. four? Amber, Amber four? four. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That's four, so three, ten? Who knows? Google Plex or whatever...
0: Whoa, that's too many of Whoa.
2: Well, that's the whole question, right? Like, what is life? What is... Oh, my God, it gets too deep. Anyway, episode four is titled The World's Strongest Pokemon. Pokemon? Pokemon? I don't know. So, what happens... This one's pretty long compared to the other ones. This one's got a lot happening in it. I'm going to try my best here. Okay, so it picks up directly after Amber, I, slash I, fades away. She tells Mewtwo that, you know, life is wonderful, you're going to live, and I'm sure it will be great, so don't worry. And the computer tells the scientists that all signs of, you know, life and vital signs have ceased to be, and she has dissolved away in the glass tube, which... I guess that makes more sense if she was an actual physical body. So yeah. are we just assuming that her physical form just like disintegrated right there?
1: That's what I was wondering. Do they have to replace the tube, like the entire tube, or do they just like drain <laughs> the fluid? Just and flush then put it another probably. <laughs> That's, Is there oh, like God. a little toilet handle on the side you just like Alright, <laughs> starting the starting the cleansing? Ugh. How awesome does that thing get cleaned? <laughs> Out of the, did, did, oh my god, we can get in really deep here with, do they have like body suits on standby that they connect the hose to in the tube, or does the body form from the like feeder tube that's there?
2: You know, speaking of like, we talked about Avatar just a little while ago, it kind of reminds me of the scene where they're like in space and they like grow the Avatar bodies while they're traveling and then they flush them out at the end, you know, kind of thing. That's... <laughs> Oh, I couldn't
0: remember because I don't remember the movie Avatar.
2: Oh, Jesus.
0: It's been 10 years.
2: Anyway, regardless. like So basically, Fuji says what you brought up before Austin, and Mewtwo is crying over the loss of his dear friend, and Fuji basically jumps in and says, whatever, this isn't a big deal. As long as we have her like basic... Coding like the building blocks for Amber, we can make as many copies as we want to make. So, this isn't sad at all. Like, whatever, we'll just try again. And Mewtwo doesn't agree with this at all. He says, Make as many as you want. That's fucked up. There's only one of her. But Fuji does not see it like that at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, this really irritates Mewtwo, and he becomes very uh, aggressive in his like subconscious state and they decide the best thing to do now would be to tranquilize Mewtwo, which we kind of get this sort of sequence in the little short as well
1: they rush in and shoot something in him
2: yeah they administer the serum the serum we have Fuji saying okay well we have to be more careful with Mewtwo, which i don't know how this makes sense cuz he says something like with i we have we can recreate i or amber as many times as we want to do But we only have Mew eyelash fossil, so we have to be careful. We can't recreate it over and over like Amber. Why is that? Why could they not? If they could do it with Amber, why couldn't they do it with Mewtwo?
1: My speculation here, and this is like god-awful, is that the body, the actual body of Amber is still there. Like he's able to go take Mm. a piece of, yeah, it's it's god-awful. But there's only one little piece of Mew that they get one try at it. And they're going to have to supplement other DNA in there too, but presumably, you know, that Dr. Fuji has access to more DNA of Amber somewhere, which Ew. is gross. It's, it's gross. It's nasty as hell, but that's the uh, implication. Okay. All this is going to be included in the Netflix adaptation. That's right. When we write it. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that makes a little more sense, but also that's really disturbing.
1: It's gross. Yeah.
2: Uh, so Mewtwo continues to question where is this? Who am I? What? What is my purpose? You know, all these things. Basically, Mewtwo then awakens completely and they celebrate for a second. So Mewtwo starts going off the handle. He flies on to this rage and, you know, he's unleashing his psychic powers and he starts attacking the laboratory. And this is where it sort of differs from what we've seen in the movie. And then the little short, the animated short, Basically, the computer has a failsafe mechanism and it shuts down the project in which it shoots and kills Mewtwo and destroys it. And the computer's like, you know, crisis averted, but (laughs) Mewtwo's (laughs) immense psychic powers somehow allow it to regenerate itself. And this is pretty awesome to Fuji because he's like, oh, my God, regeneration. Oh, my God. Wonderful.
1: That is awesome.
2: Yeah, so not only does it have all these other psychic powers and tremendous ability, it can also bring itself back to life. So that's pretty cool.
0: Can you imagine if there was, like, a scene in the movie oh my where at some God. point someone, like... He cuts his arm off? Yeah, cuts his arm off, cuts its head off or something, and it
1: just, like, grows back. Jesus. They do imply that Mew is also immortal. So Mew also, like, the original Mew must also have this ability as well.
2: That's where it gets its regenerative powers from. Yeah. Right. Regardless of that, the computer attempts to eliminate the danger again, and Mewtwo is like, you're the one who dared attack me? So they fight it out for a second, but Mewtwo, of course, wins, and he destroys the computer. And Fuji and Mewtwo get into a little bit of a conversation about where he came from, where he's descended from. He's Mewtwo, created from Mew. This is where we kind of get a little bit existential again, where Mewtwo questions what Mew is. Is that my parent? You know, back to his conversation with Amber. And this is is the really interesting part, I thought. Fuji says, you can call it that, but perhaps not. You were created using an eyelash fossil. And Mewtwo says, well, if it's not a mother or a father, then it must be God. Are you telling me that God has created me? And Fuji makes an interesting comment. He said, the only ones who can create life in this world are only God and humans. But humans are probably the only ones who can create life in glass tubes. So that's quite interesting. Oh, that was
1: pretty dark right there. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Pretty
2: deep. I, 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 this might be my favorite part of the whole drama, because you start getting into the whole question of, like, I don't know, like, what is God? What is...
1: It's like with any cloning pro like, cloning plot is, like, who's making who? Who's in charge? Where do the clones... You know, it's cliche clone stuff, but with Pokemon. Humans,
2: yeah, creating, like, life, like, how... Far over the line do you step? As far as like, does science surpass all else? I don't know. It's pretty interesting.
0: I would have much rather have this in the actual movie versus fighting is wrong and the prophecy
1: <laughs> has foretold the winds of water.
2: Jesus Christ! Oh like my the whole gosh. plot
1: of the movie is don't play God, otherwise bad things happen, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, this is m- way more deep and but they obviously they couldn't have this in the kids' movie. Like no humans playing god kind of thing
1: but that's the thing in the this is being released in japan as it goes up to i guess because it's not animated it makes a difference but like kids are listening to this you know every single week for five weeks so i don't know i guess because it's not animated maybe that saves it a little bit but over there they got it
0: yeah well we're gonna see the animated version makes some censorship as we already mentioned
1: yeah
2: Apparently, feeble minded American children can't take this, but. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too.
1: They're assuming they're more mature or whatever. I don't know. I mean,
2: kind of, but. Yeah, probably. Anyway, basically, Fuji says, you know, to make the world's strongest Pokemon, that was our dream, which is pretty much one to one what we saw in the movie. And then he blows up the damn laboratory and kills everyone. And Mew appears, and he starts questioning Mew as far as am i stronger than you are you you're not even gonna acknowledge me kind of thing like fight me and apparently then giovanni just appears yep i don't
0: know where he just like walks up. <laughs> walks up
2: which i guess is kind of i mean in the movie he flies in on his helicopter but in this it just says he appears near mewtwo okay the it's in the smoking rubble
1: Do you think he went there because he thought, like, it was completed? Or did he go there because there there was an explosion and he wanted to check on everybody? See, this is why we need the line, Radio Giovanni's
0: helicopter. Tell him it's awakened or whatever. Yeah, Yeah.
2: which we got in the show, but... Mm -hmm. He's appeared and he tells Mewtwo that, you know, you're the strongest Pokemon, but there are other stronger creatures that you can prove yourself against. And I'm Giovanni of Team Rocket. I'm planning to take over the world. And humans created you and blah, blah, blah. I can help you control your powers. And that's when he gives him the power armor. And humans will continue to do what they've always done, which is fight, destroy, and plunder. And that's how we're going to win, by catching all the Pokemon. And in the process, we'll help you find your true potential and you'll become even stronger than Mew.
0: I wrote it really interesting that Giovanni's like a social Darwinist.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that's interesting. He, he that's, is. He's yeah, like, that's basically yeah. He's it. like,
1: the, the strong will survive. The weak
0: will perish kind of stuff.
1: This makes me wonder with him creating Mewtwo. There has to be other parts where Giovanni has also captured regular Pokemon and tried to enhance their ability as well.
2: What, with like power armor?
1: Power armor or like some kind of like lab experiments to boost their ability or trying to make them stronger kind of like making a super soldier giovanni's probably done that well we'll see that in future arcs of pokemon the series
0: maybe so maybe Alugia. maybe um (laughs) i don't know
1: meloetta all sorts of things Mm. yep so this is the first domino that falls i guess he hasn't tried this before all right does that uh conclude your part alex
2: I guess, well, at the very end, I don't know, we kind of get these little, like, one-off comments from Miyamoto at the end. She just keeps popping up, and she says at the very end, she's like, where are you, Mew? So, I don't know, is this, like, a flashback to before the avalanche consumes her, or what?
1: That's what I was thinking, too. It has to be a flashback, like, discovered tapes kind of thing. She keeps on mentioning, like, Jesse is
0: a little baby, Jesse is about to enter elementary school. Jessie's taking, like, her high school entrance exams, etc. So I think years are passing.
2: So she's been in the mountains for years?
1: Yes. Do you think she's trapped and she just knows, like, she's making markings on the walls and keep track of time, and that's how she does it? Or do you think she's actually free and wandering? Either she's just, just like her daughter, she's on a stupid fool's
0: errand of trying to catch a Pokemon she'll never be able to catch forever, or... She's like a ghost that's now haunting the Andes Mountains. Oh, okay. You know,
2: I like that idea.
0: Yeah. Which one do you guys prefer?
2: She's a ghost.
1: Ghost. You think she's a ghost? Okay. And then there's a clone, and then Miyamoto 2 comes out.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, in this one, anyway, she just says, you know, Jesse's grown up at this point, and she's like, it's about time to marry my daughter off, and blah, 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 so.
1: And I thought like an interesting part about this one was, is Mewtwo basically kills everyone, we assume, and he also destroys any chance of Amber ever coming back mm-hmm. to life, which is another interesting thing, too.
2: That's a good point.
1: When he talks about um, there's only one, he assures that there's only one, which is weird because later he, you know, in the movie, he's clone happy. But here he's like, <laughs> nope, one and done. That's it. It's a little contrast of character there. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, that's your part, right, Alex?
2: Yep. That's the end of that.
1: All right. So that was part four. And then we have part five, which is titled Mewtwo Strikes Back. And I didn't put a lot for this part because... This was in the movie, basically. Yeah, this was really yeah, it- in the movie. And so like Alex says, or said, um, Giovanni, he extends an olive branch to Mewtwo because he's probably scared to death a little bit. Mewtwo falls along with him. And in this scene, we or in this part, we see that Mewtwo kind of spends each day fighting wild Pokemon... And defeating other trainers' Pokemons. And then one day, again, Mewtwo starts questioning, like, kind of, why am I here? What am I doing here? What's the point? What is Giovanni's, like, big goal here? And then Giovanni kind of turns on him and this says, hey, you, you're you my puppet. You belong to me. This is the reason why you were born is to fight and beat all the other Pokemon up in the world to, to make me the most powerful person in the Pokemon universe. And then, of course, Mewtwo gets pissed by this because Mewtwo's like, no, that ain't, no, we're not doing this. And then Mewtwo just Once again goes rampant, which I don't know why Giovanni didn't learn from earlier that pissing Mewtwo off leads to good things. But Mewtwo again gets pissed off and he destroys the whole Team Rocket base. And this is where we get like his decision to kind of fight the humans that created him. And this is where we get the plot of the movie where he wants to take over the world with Pokemon and be god of the Pokemon world. That's basically part five.
2: There were some interesting things at the beginning, I thought. First of all, what are these moves? <laughs>
0: oh, oh, his move set. Yeah. Okay. Speed Star Swift. I know Speedstar.
2: that. Speed yeah. Star.
1: That's Swift. Destruction
2: okay. Beam. Is that Hyper Beam? Maybe. What else was there?
1: He knows Recover. Yes. And we forgot to mention that in the translation I watched. These were all given the English names. Okay. So uh. what? What were they? Oh, I think it was like what you're saying right now. And I have to go back and rewatch it. Part five. He did not have Shadow Ball, I don't think. No, but a psychic is one.
2: Psychokinesis.
1: That's psychic. Speed I
2: think. Speed Star.
0: Swift. Speed Star to Swift is always one of the weirdest move changes
1: I've ever thought. But whatever. But it looks cool. I like it though.
2: Better than Speed Star. It's more fitting. So this is interesting though. There was some Pokeball mechanics going yes, on. Yes, I knew I'm this thinking. was coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. I knew it.
2: <laughs> Am I that predictable?
1: Yeah, this is your thing. Go for it.
2: Well, they're battle so this is easily like like a one for one what we saw in the opening sequence of the movie where Giovanni's using Mewtwo to catch wild Pokemon, he's using Mewtwo to battle trainers and, you know, do all these other team rocket business type things. But in this segment, Mewtwo is battling a trainer. And Trainer says, my Pokemon won't lose. Go Magmar. Boober. Boober. Yeah, this is Booba. I don't know why.
0: I like Boober better.
2: Boober. Boober. Go Boober. Flamethrower. Obviously has no effect because Mewtwo can, well, if he can bring himself back to life after getting blown up by a laser beam from a computer, then obviously Magmar has no chance at all. And he easily defeats Boober. And they use a monster ball to capture it. And how is that possible if it's already an owned Pokemon by another trainer?
1: That's the power of Mewtwo, baby. Okay, here's my
0: theory. Yes. Theory time.
2: Theory time.
0: My theory is this was not a regular monster ball slash Pokeball. Ooh. I think it was the technology
1: that Mewtwo would eventually co-opt to make his eyeballs Pokeballs. Oh, yeah, I like that's, that. I thought, they were, I thought it was like precursor to his, I'm going to catch you no matter what, Pokeball.
2: Okay, that makes more sense. But trainer is basically like, "Oh no, you're breaking the rules," and Giovanni's like, "Ha, ah, breaking the rules is what Team Rocket's all about."
1: I
0: am the rules.
2: I am the rule. Yeah, exactly.
0: What we didn't see was the Boober trainer went to Officer Jenny and said, my "The God. gym leader stole my Boober," and Stop Officer it. Jenny. <laughs> and Officer Jenny said, "We don't use
1: that kind of language, young man," and arrested him on the spot, and then threw oh. him in jail.
2: Yeah.
1: And then the twerp showed up and said, hey, something's wrong here. But Jenny just ignored it.
2: Par for the course for Jenny, Jesus. And then we get some really interesting exposition from Mewtwo as far as, like, he starts monologuing.
0: I got the whole thing right here.
2: Dang. Okay. Well, it's really interesting. Like, he says some comment. I wrote this down specifically because I'm like, holy crap, Mewtwo, that's really harsh. He says, humans are trash that aren't even worth being put into garbage cans.
1: Listen to me, humans. Strength is what rules the world, not money. And you, Pokemon, not the copies, but the real Pokemon. What's pitiful is that you, Pokemon, are even lower beings than humans. Once you are captured by human, you listen to everything he says and wag your tails. I can't forgive that as a Pokemon. Of course, I'm thinking this way. So perhaps I wasn't a normal Pokemon from the moment I was born. This dialogue should have been in the movie. This is awesome. This
0: definitely should have been included before Mewtwo breaks out this needed to be in there to establish his motive.
1: This is better than that um it's not like what your birth is whatever it's your actions. This is like a million times better than that.
2: Could you imagine if they sat there and had that in the sh- in the movie though where humans are worthless. They are lower than garbage. I mean, they could not have that in a kid's show. <laughs> this Ugh.
1: movie should not have been G rated. <laughs> yeah this is uh, they should have kept this like we were saying and this should have been like you know when he ascends from like they think he's like a human or whatever in the in the castle this is when he ascends to the bottom he should have this should have been his opening monologue to everybody in the room
2: this is what they really wanted him to say but
1: yeah he alludes to this in the movie but it's like near the
0: end so i'm like we need to establish this right up front establish what his frame of mind is and what his reasoning oh, is? Oh, like as
1: he de- after he destroys the lab, or after he like leaves Giovanni, this is what he says.
0: I think right before he does that is when I would place it to Giovanni. He says it. Okay. Well, to yeah. himself. If I were rewriting the movie, which I have done consistently throughout these podcast episodes, that's what I would have done. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> well, apparently, this part he is thinking that to himself. Okay. The rest of it is literally the same thing as we saw. Like Jacob said.
1: I just want the mature drama, radio drama portion of Pokemon. Give me that every week.
2: Well, Giovanni was kind of stupid. I don't know why he would say this to him. He knows he's the most powerful Pokemon. And we, I know we discussed this when we talked about the movie, but he was like, you're a Pokemon and Pokemon are, they exist to be used by humans. And what value do you have if you don't fight for humans and blah, 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 all this shit. And I'm like, why would you even say that? You know, he yeah. can like kill you with like a blink of an eye.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. You just watched him murder, like, five of your contractors, like, in an instant. Why would you even threaten him?
2: We have a little bit of Miyamoto stuff going on, too, but at the end, we get Jesse's age at the end. She says that she's
1: 24, which,
2: if we, I know we're not doing MVP, LVPs in this, but I would definitely give LVP to Miyamoto for her last comment (laughs) that she makes. (laughs) Oh, God. She says, okay, should I just say it?
1: Yeah, go for it. That's your quote.
2: She says, "I am Miyamoto Chan. I won't give up. The daughter I have, the daughter I left, is almost a hag, over twenty-four years old and unmarried. Have I already forgotten her face, Musashi? There's no loss in having too much ma- money. Blah blah blah. So I was like, okay, all right, here we go.
1: That's uh, <laughs> that's a you're lot a going hag on there. if
2: you're yeah you're a hag if you're over twenty-four years old and unmarried. Apparently, it says a
1: lot about a mom who left her daughter, right? <sighs>
2: I have some, I have some trouble with that right there, but I digress.
1: Do we get a, uh, we don't get Miyamoto's age, do we?
2: Mm, no.
1: No. Because she's got to be
0: up there, right? Well, uh. she calls herself Miyamoto Chan, so she's trying to seem young. Or is it Chan or Chan? Chan?
2: Chan, I thought. Chan.
0: Okay, Chan. Does Jesse
1: know she's still alive? Is she still alive? Do we know if she's Did still alive? Do we know? Yeah, we're like... <laughs> I don't
2: Think so. She can't be alive. She's in the. She's like a lunatic up in the mountains. I mean, she's completely become obsessed with finding Mew. She never will.
1: Yeah, you can't allude to this stuff, Pokemon, and not give us all the answers here.
2: It's a mystery.
1: Now we move on to a the little film that was cut from their viewings of the movie, but I've already, it was inputted in mine for some reason. That's what I wanted to ask you, Jacob. Okay, go ahead. You had never seen this before, is that correct? Are you talking about the movie or the
0: this little clip? This part. No, I've never saw it. Did you watch Pikachu's Vacation? Yes. Then you watched Mewtwo Strikes Back, including this portion at the beginning of it.
1: Yes, this was a part of the movie, and it was something, and I was watching it. It's been a while since I've seen the first movie, and I was like, this looks, something went off in my head, like, I don't remember this part at all. So I guess that answers that a little bit. My question is, you're going into
0: this not expecting
1: this. What was
0: your viewing experience like of (laughs) two minutes ago, Charizard's
1: head was stuck in a
0: pipe, and now this dead little girl is in a tube?
1: That was, my thought was like, Oh my god, I totally get Pikachu's Vacation now. It was like a soft little, I'm going to suck you in with some nice little fairy tale-esque, whatever, peaceful the power land. Of and, teamwork. Yeah, the power of teamwork, some little lighthearted stuff. And then we go really dark, like super dark. I was watching, I was like, oh my god, this is a major shift in tone. I actually put that in my notes from the last week's episode before I found out it wasn't a part of it. I was like, this is just a major shift in tone. And I was like, I like this. This is definitely mature for Pokemon and then of course it found out it was too mature for Pokemon.
0: Yeah, I understand why they why Warner Brothers or four kids or whoever was like no to this part. That that cannot be.
1: Yeah, I I could see that too cuz it doesn't like it explains motives but it doesn't fit really.
0: It's a weird flow.
1: Yeah, it interrupts the flow. That's a good way of putting it.
0: I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily works for the flow of the movie cuz then the prologue is like what, 20 minutes long before you get to the opening titles? Yeah. Plus Pikachu's Vacation. Can you imagine being the poor parent sitting in the theater? You've been there for forty minutes, and then it says on the screen, "Pokemon: The First Movie."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, we're not even halfway through. <laughs> uh, could, could you imagine if they went from Pikachu's Vacation, they go into the trainer battles with Ash, and then they go shift mm. to Mewtwo? The opening part, they hit you with like two light-hearted parts, like, "Oh yeah, we're this is this is the Pokemon I know," and then. Bam. Proposition. Go for it.
0: Start out with Ash and twerps. They get the invitation from you two. And then throughout the rest of the movie, we get flashbacks to these events as interludes. Oh. As they get closer, they learn the truth. So when we when Team Rocket finds the Dr. Fuji audio that he left behind, that par- parallels with that sequence.
2: That would have been a better Man, awesome. as far as pacing goes.
1: Yeah, and it would have been all at once, yeah, like pacing, pace it out a little bit. I don't know, just a thought.
2: You could have, yeah, you could have had, like, Mewtwo's, like, subconscious, you know, that whole thing that was happening. Then you could have had Fuji and the team, like, discovering this, oh, he's waking up kind of stuff. And then you could have had the Giovanni sequences, and then you could have had, yeah, it could have just been in little segments.
0: Let someone do a re-edit of the movie. Try your best
1: to make it flow (laughs) well. (laughs) Well, that's what they did with uh, Star Wars, and it worked a little better, so we'll see if we can get that here. The Toe for Grace thing? Toe for Grace.
0: Yep. Anyway, this is basically what we've already described. I'm just going to go through and go through some of the differences, essentially. We don't get any of the Miyamoto, Madam Boss stuff. That That's all completely cut. Mm-hmm. Which, like, again, like I said, like all of this front-loaded information at the start of the movie, it makes sense to trim it down where needed. Because mm-hmm. there's already a lot of like weird, segmented narrative beats. So that makes sense. We start off with a segment that was actually included on the VHS I had as a kid, where in the VHS, it went from Pikachu's vacation to the sequence where we see the, I guess, the exploration team in South America, and they find the Mew eyelash. Then it jumped directly to Mewtwo waking up as an adult in the lab. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, there's so many different versions of this movie, god damn. One difference here is we see that while they're finding the Mew eyelash fossil, the actual alive Mew is floating around watching them. So maybe that's why I had an inkling as all this Mewtwo shit was going down later. I don't know. Go forward. Now Mewtwo is alive and he's in his little comatose state. And he's psychically communicating with Amber, who is, as we said, an orange glowing light in a tube. She's
1: not a little girl in a tube. She's a glowing light. And there's like a USB port that's like near Fuji's computer, so she's like plugged in to the side there. It's it's. it's oh, weird. is she really? I missed that. Yeah, it's like uh She's got her little tube here, and then there's like some wires hooked up to the computer, which makes oh. me think the computer is like the home, the hub world.
2: Is she in the Porygon dimension or something or what? Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. I was about to say like this is in like Porygon's realm, I guess.
2: God, could you imagine?
1: What if Porygon was a central character in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> you say Amber
0: just riding him. Oh, that'd be cute. That would be awesome. That was a great catch, Jacob. Thanks for doing that. And we also see like like monitors of like some sort of like seismographic activity that apparently is Amber's consciousness saved in a digital format.
2: Brain waves.
0: Brain waves. Brain waves. We see a, a flashback to Dr. Fuji's past in which we don't see the Amber car accident happen. But we do see his wife just beside herself with grief, not over her dead child, whose death she has accepted, but over her husband losing his sanity as he tries to revive this child because he can't accept the fact that she has passed away. She's screaming, why are you doing this? You need to accept that she's gone. We get a close up on her wedding ring and then fade away to her leaving her wedding ring behind.
2: And the key to the house.
0: And the key to the house, leaving an a-, a voicemail on the answering machine saying she can't do this anymore, that he needs to accept it.
2: You know, I absolutely understand. Could you imagine, I, you know, the death of a child is already hard enough, but then your husband is trying and trying and trying. Like, he can't accept the fact that she's gone and there's nothing you could do to bring back... A human life, and so you have to just keep re like he's forcing you to relive the death over and over and over again because he just can't accept it and move on. Like she's trying to make the peace and just can't.
1: Yeah, and he gets four years, right? So this is going on forever, right? It's just a repeated process, like Alex is saying, just reliving it over and over.
0: Well, not in this version because in this version he only gets one shot at her. Amber's consciousness exists in the light. And if that thing goes, it's gone forever.
2: When did they say that? I didn't. Maybe I missed near it. the
0: near the very end. They state okay. that because they don't have a series of physical clones for Amber, they have just like this digital recreation of her brain. I guess
1: okay, the brain waves, the brain waves, and I, I'm gonna fact check myself. I was wrong about it. It's connected to a computer, but not next to it. Okay, but regardless, I think that's a good idea. It's
0: a it's a digital. It's the 90s, so like 16 gig memory of amber yeah, floppy, <laughs> disc. Memory of floppy disk <laughs> i don't know this is all very tragic and very dark and it's dark remember a few weeks ago when we were discussing the twerps filming a movie that was fun
2: yeah now we're talking about bringing trying to revive your dead child's consciousness and your wife leaving you and your whole like existence being consumed you know in this scientific work and creating the most powerful Pokemon that ever lives who ultimately ends up killing you and destroying your daughter's consciousness.
1: The one and only.
2: My God. Okay.
1: This one hit different with the one and only portion.
0: Like one shot. That's it. It's very different in that. That's a major critical change they made, which I think is actually is. It's different. And I'm not sure which is better, but I like this version more. Yeah. What about you guys?
2: I don't know. I mean, what's, what's the, why only one time? Like if, you know, in the radio drama, it's like, what is stopping him? Nothing's stopping him from recreating it over and over again. Like, why is it just a one-time shot in this particular version? Is it just more gravity to the situation or something? Like,
1: Yeah, I like h- having more gravity to it. I think it's more of like the the original's different, I guess, focusing on originality.
2: I guess, but he doesn't really seem, like, super distraught when Amber's consciousness fades. He's just like, oh no, it's fading. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he be, like, absolutely beside himself, like, wailing in despair? I mean, like, I don't know.
0: That's a good point, Alex. And also later in the movie proper, when Mewtwo is born, he's still like, Oh, you're Mewtwo! You're our weapon! We're so excited that we created you successfully! So that make, so if his whole motivation was not Mewtwo, but yeah. Amber, that makes more sense for her to still be able to be replicated. That's yeah, a good he, point. like,
2: he would just be like, well, that's no big deal. I can just start over. That's frustrating. Like, kind of like, oh, you know, you spill coffee on your paper you were writing. Oh, well, I can just rewrite it. You know, kind of thing. Like, I can still see the words. I can rewrite it.
0: Oh, your clone daughter just died again. Let's just yeah. make another oh. one. Oh, I got another clone.
1: Amber 12.
2: Well, it kind of gives you insight into his whole mentality that he's just so... He's lost himself. He's lost any kind of emotional connection. It's it's not so much about Amber really anymore other than like, oh, can I get this to work?
1: Yeah, that's what makes me think this is like Amber 20 because he's so desensitized to her yeah, death.
2: Exactly. He's just done this so many times. He's just like, whatever, whatever. I'll just try again. Whatever.
1: Yeah, the the race against time here is on his end. So he's got to recreate Amber before he dies. And he's an old dude. So he's the one that's like got the time restraint here.
2: Mm.
0: Random thought. Do we think he was driving the car in that car accident that killed Amber?
1: Oh, God. I thought it was James. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what? Because he's such a bad driver. You remember? In the anime when he crashes the truck full of
0: Pokemon. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Proctor were on the scene. He could have taken that apple out of Amber's throat and she would have been alive today. There you go.
2: I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. That he was just so obsessed with it because he thought it was like, he had the guilt as far as being the one driving.
1: If I can kill, I can make. Oh, my God. So, okay, so
0: we get the Psychic Matrix shit going on again. The dialogue is somewhat different in that Amber seems a lot more human, I felt like. Because she says, they call me Amber too, but I'm still really Amber. And the starters, the Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander 2s join them. And it makes way more sense seeing it play out with the whole Amber's remember place, like where she grew up and such. And her explanations like, that. that's the sky, that's the sun, that's the moon. But we get a significant change, I felt like, when Charmander 2 starts to die. He starts to fade away. And so do Squirtle and Bulbasaur, which leads to a cut to Amber's face as she also starts to
1: fade away. There's a a lot of acceptance there. Yeah, she is just like, I have to go now. Yeah, that's basically what it's like, oh, it's my time. See ya. Mm-hmm.
2: So do we think that that's happened before then if she's just like, like nobody really seems surprised by this, you know, the clone. Well, first of all, there's not really any sort of explanation. They just are like flying around in their like neighborhood and they're like, ooh, this is the sun. This is the sky or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like dying and nobody like it just happens out of nowhere. There's no explanation. And she's just like, OK, I think I got to go now. So has this happened before? Like what?
1: Do you think it's it's because of Mewtwo? Mewtwo's <laughs> absorbing all their clone energy or something. He's like sucking their life force out of them and that's how he becomes like the perfect one.
2: Maybe. Could be explanation.
1: Anyway, she fades away.
0: We get a, I don't know, I'd say this is somewhat well-known quote. I have to go. Why? I don't know, but it's alright. Thank you for caring about me. But don't cry Mewtwo. You should be happy. You're alive and life is wonderful. Oh Oh my gosh. The Mewtwo starts to have a psychic rage moment and like alex said earlier they administer the drugs
2: the serum the serum
0: to wipe his mind and and sedate him and dr fuji notes amber is gone forever as we discussed at length already Hmm. and then Mewtwo says as he grows into his older form life is wonderful but why Always asking
1: why. He said to do some meditation or something. Mewtwo needs to calm down. They need to keep that serum on standby. There should be like 10 or 12 vials next to him at all times. And there should be a person just standing there in case things get out of hand just to pop them real quick.
0: <laughs> they could have avoided their fates.
1: Yeah, they could have just had somebody like they're like ready to, you know, this guy's got some issues. <clears throat> Good. All right.
0: One thing I forgot to mention, Amber's dialogue regarding Mewtwo's tears is... I don't know if this was a change they made when they made this into an animated version or if it's a change they made when they dubbed it into English. But she says, my dad used to tell me a bedtime story that when Pokemon are sad and they cry, their tears are full of life.
2: So that would have been a nice explanation to have as to why the Pokemon tears crying brought Ash back to life when he got turned to stone.
0: No, it's because the winds of water wiped out the world and the survivors were revived by it. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) There you go, yep.
2: Couldn't have just got a simple explanation like Pokemon tears are imbued with mystical power.
1: Gosh, man. I would be i going outside and grab me some Pokemon tears. Could you imagine if AJ did that? He would just hit the Pokemon until they cried. Well, they have to cry because they're sad, not from physical pain. Uh, well, he would that's hit their friends friend, then. He would hit their <laughs> friends.
2: There's a difference. There's he would hit the other crying. Pokemon.
1: <laughs> Which Pokemon are you close to? Pikachu, come over here real quick. <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, that's right. And <laughs> the gallows. Yep, that's it. Pretty much it. I think we all agree this is like a dark turn. Especially for the first movie, for pretty, like, the anime at this points light-hearted. You know, it's just uh, three kids wackadoozling, and then it gets to this. This is deep. I guess that uh, wraps up our discussion of The Birth of Mewtwo. Austin, what are we going to be looking at next? I assume we're back on a regular schedule? We're back to normal.
0: We're back in twerps. To master the unexpected and the Ancient Puzzle of Pokemopolis.
2: Ooh, Pokemopolis! Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. Got some exciting stuff for you planned next week. And of course, we all just like to say thank you all for listening, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. That is outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at outofdrawingpan. Again, our handle is OutOfDryingPan. And join us next time as the journey continues.